how do right. we have, I know they're blackmailed and whatever, but whoever does nothing needs to be out. I mean, we, I would say, being honest, I would say 90% of the people in Congress should be fired because they're I doing agree. nothing about what's destroying our country. And it seems like they're in on it. They're doing it on purpose. Well, I kind of, there's there's two thoughts to this. So one of it is that I obviously, there are people who are compromised, right? You've got those that are blackmailed or bribed. I mean, look at the Biden family. Uh, you know, yeah. Their whole family has made money off of China. Uh, so there's people that are bribed. Then you got people who are blackmailed, you know, and that they're afraid to do things. They're afraid to say anything. They're under the control of the deep state because they've got dirt on them. Then there's also those that are like, you know, they're like the looter. You know, when a city is burning, they're the ones that are basically looting the store saying, you know what, it's all burning down anyways. So I'm just going to get what I can get. And I think there are a lot of people in Congress, quite so. frankly, that are that way. If you've been paying attention, you know the global economy is transforming. The BRICS nations want to see the end of the dollar reserve currency, and many countries are joining their effort. The Western banking system is the most fragile it's been since 2008. The highly respected Weiss Research Group accurately provided advance warning on which banks are going to fail with 99.3% accuracy after the 2008 crisis. They are now predicting that a whopping 4,243 banks are vulnerable to failure and 1,210 of those banks face imminent failure. When this situation comes to pass, it will dwarf the 2008 banking crisis. The only asset that has historically weathered a storm this severe has been precious metals. It has never been a better time to buy gold and silver to protect your family. Contact Miles Franklin at info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me and you will get the best service and the best prices on gold and silver in the country. That is a guarantee from them to me. Remember, info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me. Do this now to protect your assets and the ones you love. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Nate Kane coming to the program. He is a federally protected whistleblower that was with the FBI, but he also worked for the NSA and all of the different intelligence agencies. And when he came forward as a whistleblower, he exposed the pay-for-play operations that Hillary Clinton was involved in and the Podesta group was involved in. And he suffered for that. He lost every, I mean, he was poisoned twice. He'll talk about it, but he's now running for Congress in West Virginia. And, and he's noticing that some of the same games that they're playing, trying to keep him completely out of the media because the, we have this Marxist corrupt media. And I don't even want to call it Marxist. I think that's the wrong word. We just have this really corrupt media that's controlled by the globalists. And it goes down even into these state environments. And the people are so blackmailed. It's just incredible. He's going to talk about the PR wire service who feeds everyone and how they pretty much won't let you talk about stuff. So he can't even talk about stuff. So a lot of these Congress members, even if they did want to talk about it, they're banned from making any newspapers or even being published anywhere, they won't publish the press conference because they're talking about things they don't want you to hear about. Because if you somebody in their base hears something, it might change their opinion. They have to have a really, really tight controlled structure of what people can hear. And that's why you're seeing, I, I think we're seeing the same thing happen with a lot of these other platforms like Rumble and some, they're way better. Twitter and Rumble are way better than what it was before, 
but they're controlled too, but they're just controlled and in in not as bad. You're still at least up there, but I don't know. And you wonder if you're just kind of kept in a box and, and made to believe that you're not completely censored so that you'll just stop complaining. But, but you're really just in this little box of, you know, like my post on Twitter, 24 people might see it. It's like, oh, that's nothing. I mean, I'm not really out there on Twitter. Twitter's still censoring me. But this isn't a censorship uh, conversation. He comes in and we talk about a lot of different things. And he is a really great person to listen to and talk to because of his experience being a federally protected whistleblower and what that means and what his what he wants to do by getting in Congress and how he's trying to get around all this censorship and around all this rigging that's going on. Okay, before I get into that, I want to remind you that we have a giveaway that we're doing with these pendants. It's an EMF protection pendant. It works for other things too, giving you frequencies that are healthy for you, but, and you can read about it, but the, I think the most important thing is the EMF protection because we are bombarded with uh, EMFs that are not good and doesn't harmonize with your body and it causes so many problems. So we are giving a giveaway. They're usually $145, I think, and we're giving away 10 of them. So there is a link below uh, that you can go to and you can register for this. It's sarahwestall.com slash giveaway. And you can register. The only thing is when you register, you sign up for my newsletter. That's all I'm getting out of it. And we're also trying to promote the product, obviously, because we think that EMF protection is really important. But uh, just let you know, I don't sell your, I don't sell any, it's just for me. We don't give it, share it with anybody. And if you want to, if you want to unsubscribe, you can always unsubscribe, but hopefully you won't and that you will sign up for this giveaway, have a chance of winning one of these 10 EMF protection pendants that we have are, they're called capsules. They're called heel capsules. And then you can join my newsletter as well. And if you don't want to stay on it, you don't have to, but my newsletter is really good because you will also be subscribed to my Substack, and I have exclusives or I have things that I publish there. My sarahwestall.com is my home base and you'll be able to see everything there. But Substack is something I do for my personal, where I publish all my personal writings and things. And you'll, it's better because I was having so many issues with my newsletter, my email list. I'm still owning my email list because I don't trust anybody, but they figured out how to censor that. So you're blocked. A lot of people can't get my emails, but with Substack, my stuff is getting through. So I like that. They're able to help with that. Okay, enough said with that. Let's get into this really interesting conversation with Nate Kane. Hi, Nate. Welcome back to the program. Well, hey, thank you so much for having me back. We have some important things to talk about. There has been uh, just an article that came out on the FBI targeting veterans. And I think that you being a veteran, you being a whistleblower, because they're also targeting whistleblowers, it kind of is close to your heart. Can you talk about what what is going on? Why is the FBI targeting veterans? Or how do we even know they're targeting veterans? What's going on? Sure. So there was a uh, exclusive um, that was released through the Washington Times. Uh, I think this was yesterday or might have been the day before. Uh, But it revealed that senior leadership within the FBI had been targeting um, had been targeting veterans within. You know, these are military veterans serving as FBI agents looking for, uh, you know, those that might support Trump and those that, you know, were uh, had prior military service as being disloyal to the United States. 
That is exactly what, um, when I was in the Bureau and was working for them, I saw the bias, especially in Washington, D.C. I saw this, um, uh, there was a, you know, Trump derangement syndrome, if you will, within the Bureau. I remember having uh, one of the, the government employees, in fact, coming up to me and shouting at me when Trump got elected and saying, you know, are you happy now? Are you happy that your guy got elected? And, you know, because I didn't hide the fact that I was a conservative Republican. And so, um, you know, well, are they it was happy now? I mean, well, that's what they I was got, but keep I, going. Yeah, I thought it was completely inappropriate. I mean, I never once did I ever disparage or, or you know, that's talk right. badly about Obama. Completely you know, inappropriate. Who, who, yeah, but she, you know, came up to me and, and you know, berated me. And so I imagine um, that this, you know, the senior leadership, obviously, if if uh, employees within the bureau had no problem doing this, uh, that that is a culture that comes down from the leadership. And the leadership within the FBI has been very anti-Trump, has been very, uh, you know, anti, uh, you know, conservative. And of course, there are a lot of conservatives that serve in the U.S. military. And so they And everywhere. We're all over the country, right? right? I mean... I consider myself more of a libertarian, but the the fact that the FBI is anything but nonpartisan is yeah, a problem. It is a problem. And, and the biggest reason it's a problem is because they have all the levers of power and no one holds them accountable. No one. The That's when was the last time you saw an FBI agent uh you know go to prison for you know deprivation of rights under color of law? Yeah. I can't remember when. Well, okay. You know, that is the the primary crime that they have been committing, you know, uh, all over the place. Uh, there was a federal judge just uh, a few months ago that released information that the FBI had been utilizing Section 702 of FISA, which is the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. Section 702 is warrantless searches, and it's never to be allowed to be used on American citizens. It is a violation of American citizens' Fourth and Fifth Amendment rights when they utilize, uh, you know, that kind of tool against American citizens. And then we know that they were violating the First Amendment when they were basically uh, paying $9 million to Twitter so that they could control Mm -hmm. the, you know, the news narrative uh, within Twitter. And they blocked the, you know, the story, of course, you know, of um, the Hunter Biden laptop and, you know, saying that it was Russian disinformation. But we also found out that they were violating our Fifth Amendments there as well, because, we found out through uh, Elon Musk's last interview uh, with uh, Tucker Carlson on the Tucker Carlson show on Fox News. When Tucker asked him, he said, hey, um, so Elon Musk said that that when he took over Twitter, that the FBI had total control to everything. They had access to everything. And Tucker asked him, even our private messages? He said, yes. And again, I guarantee you they're doing that without a search warrant. That's true. So all these things, the abuse that they're doing, we wonder why it is that, you know, these people we send down to Washington to be our representatives seem to be voting, you know, opposite of what their people want. And but I'm yeah. concerned that they're being held uh, with blackmail against them. Well, we know that blackmail is the currency of the powerful and that they ends justify the means and they do what they can black Definitely. with blackmail to get what they need done. But let's talk a little bit about the veterans, why they would be the target of the FBI, it seems like the veterans who who risk their lives for freedom now see us losing our freedom and that what they fought for 
around the world is less than what we need to fight for here. I mean, we, we went to war for a lot less than what they're trying to do to the United States right now. So yeah. most veterans are probably beside themselves. I risked my life. My buddies next to me died for yep. things that are less than what, what we're suffering through right now in America. And you're doing nothing. So well, I, I can, can tell see you as, how the veterans would want. Absolutely. Yeah, as a veteran myself, I can tell you, I've taken the oath three times. Once as a U.S. Army veteran, and then once as a Navy civilian, and then as a Marine civilian. And that oath is very clear. And it's for life. It's not a temporary thing just while I'm working for the government or just while I'm a soldier. It is, you know, I swore an oath to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That's right. And I think that that's something that sticks with a lot of veterans. Uh, the other thing, too, is a lot of veterans have spent time outside the United States living in other countries, you know, while they were serving. I've spent time in Korea and uh, and I've seen and I've also lived in Japan. And I've seen, you know, the, the good and the bad. And there's some things that are good about some of these other countries, but there's also a lot of things, especially in regards to freedom. But, you know, now I don't see it that way anymore. There are other nations now that seem to be more free than we are. Yeah. And that is unbelievable, like especially in our justice system. You see that what happened with the January Sixers and how these guys have been, you know, held basically uh, without uh, due process, uh, not giving, you know, a speedy, a speedy trial not given bail, uh, not allowed, uh, you know, proper uh, representation, all, by the way, which are guaranteed to us under the Constitution. And then you find out that while they're in prison, they're not allowed. Uh, uh, there's guys that have been there for three years now and have but been nothing. denied religious services for three years. We can't even do that under the Geneva Convention. We cannot do that to prisoners of war, yet we're doing it to American citizens. Okay, well, what justification does the FBI have for being so biased? I mean, are they that clueless, the leaders? I mean, they have to know that they're implementing an agenda. I, I well, mean, they, they are the majority of the matter. FBI uh, against this, or are they it's, brainwashed? The problem is, is that the leadership, they're the ones with the power. You know, the guys that are field office, uh, you know, some agent, they're a cog in a wheel. So for many of them, it's a matter of, you know, the the conservatives that are still left in the bureau, for many of them, they're older guys. They're, you know, maybe, you know, five to 10 years away at, at the at the most, you know, probably closer to five years away from retirement. And many of them don't want to risk, you know, blowing the whistle, uh, you know, in order to lose their pension and lose everything else. And, you know, let's face it, you know, they can look at me. I was one of the first whistleblowers at the FBI, you know, six years ago, and they saw what happened to me. I did everything by the book. You know, I took it, I took information, took it to the IG, got permission, took it to both the uh, the House and the Senate Select Committees on Intelligence. I, I didn't leak it to the press. I didn't do any of that. I did everything by the book and I was raided by 16 agents and then had my myself and my family targeted by the FBI. I got my name leaked and doxxed. I got poisoned twice. Uh, I lost my career. I had to start all over financially. So when you have a... a a an FBI agent who maybe has two or you know two to five years away from retirement, why would he want to say anything? You know there there's a uh, there's a scripture. Very sad. That, that, yeah, there's a scripture. I don't mean to interrupt you, but that no, no, that is the situation that so many third world banana republic countries that's are right. in, and that's why they're in it, and that's how, why we're moving to that is when the the population is too scared to speak up for what's right. 
I mean, yeah. this isn't this isn't a conservative liberal thing. This is just what's right. No, and 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 you're right. You're absolutely right about that. Liberals should be just as concerned about this. Yes. The fact is, is that Section 702, the the federal uh, judge that that announced that over 257,000 Americans had it used against them illegally. Granted, most of those were for January 6th, but it also said that there were many of them were for people who marched in the George Floyd protests. Hmm. We don't want this happening anywhere. It they should not be anyone. able. Yeah. No, they should not be able to spy on somebody without a warrant. The <laughs> warrant is is the that is the tool that in our constitution that our courts have to give permission for them to be able to look into you know into our information. They well, shouldn't the liberal be able to just Demo- do it. Yeah, the liberal Democrats used to support free speech. They were the party of free speech, if you will. They right. used to support privacy because they cared about their. They used to support freedom. I mean, that was what they were about is they wanted to have the freedom to, to be, do all their, their social and whatever ways that they want to be, right? They want to be free to be who they are, was what That's their right. mantra was. Now they've done a 180. And I don't, I, my belief is that half of the people that used to be liberal Democrats no longer fit that party and they have nowhere to well, go. Well, there, there's a, you know, there's a saying, right? You know, that, uh, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. We are seeing that right now. Uh, you have a, th- this is why it has always been an important thing within a republic and within a powerful nation like ours, that there has been checks and balances that you have had uh, the separation of powers and things like that. And And to be honest with you, we still have a little bit of that. Congress has the power of the purse. They have the power to defund all of these activities that the federal government is doing against the American people, doing against Trump, doing against, you know, uh, citizens that that want to express their, you know, their uh, want to assemble and want to make their grievances known to their you know government. That's what happened on January 6th, where there's some people that, you know, committed acts of violence and committed acts of uh, of, uh, you know, breaking windows and things like that. Absolutely. And those should, those people should, in fact, uh, you know, have to, you know, have to pay the price for that, but or in proportion people, to what they did though, it, I mean, exactly. Should be it in, should be in prison for life for breaking a window. That's right. That's right. And many of these people got, you know, they're, they're being given 20 years for nothing for basically walking around inside the Capitol after the police let them in. That's what happened. Invited uh, them. And, 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 that's right. And then you have the guy, uh, what's his name? Tario. Uh, the head of the Proud Boys, he never even showed up there. Yet they gave him twenty years. There's no way that any uh, of this. How did he get righteous. twenty years? I wrote a or published a paper and wrote a little intro intro to it about him. I mean, he's he's Hispanic. I think he's part black, part Hispanic. He's how can he be a white supremacist? Plus, yeah. they he wasn't right. even there. You know, right? I mean, because that's what they that's what they do though. They label anybody. Uh, you know that they don't like. This is what the the woke do. They they label them as a white supremacist, and it doesn't matter if they're black. They'll call you a white supremacist. They'll call you a Nazi. It doesn't matter if you're Jewish. They'll call you a Nazi. I mean that that's the insanity of the left right now. Well, it was the like left the, is, is yeah. Out of their it was like during those protests where you had the uh, black police officers being harassed by the white protesters yelling at them for being yeah. white supremacists. It yeah, was so I remember stupid. that. Yeah. I mean, it was there was picture after picture of these white Antifa young spoiled brat rich kids yelling yeah. at these 
blue collar, hardworking black men and women who were trying to protect the neighborhood and then calling yeah. them white supremacists. It was so, and the hypocrisy yep. was so bad. And the people still, there's the fact that there isn't a hundred percent revolt against all this stuff is, is a head scratcher. It's because well, of even, media even... propaganda. Many of you remember Dr. Zelenko, the courageous doctor who saved countless lives using hydroxychloroquine during the pandemic. Dr. Z not only saved lives in the United States, but many countries adopted his protocols and he saved even more lives around the world. Since those early days, him and his team at ZStack developed an entire line of immunity building supplements from Z Detox to Z Shield to Z Night. Now they also have Kids ZStack. It's the same as the adult Z-Stack, but formulated to protect kids from the onslaught they will see this cold and flu season. What many don't know about Dr. Z was his passion to end child trafficking. Before he passed away, he partnered with Mission Safe Harbor, and now a portion of every sale of Kids Z-Stack is donated to help end child trafficking. Now you can protect your kids while also helping to protect kids everywhere. Buy using the link below or go to sarahwessel.com under shop. Know you are protecting your entire family while also helping to end child trafficking. Even Malcolm X recognized the danger of white liberals. You know, he, he talked about, you know, about them, warned people about them. And, uh, you know, it, what did he it really say? Is. What did, when he warned, what did he say? He basically said that, you know, that the black, uh, the white liberals, you know, that basically they just wanted to keep, you know, blacks in another kind of slavery, you know, and, and that is the truth. They do. Right. It's like the whole that concept of the, you know, the the plantation, you know, that basically the ghetto, uh, you know, it's just another type of plantation. It a really condescending is. way of yep. we need to take care of you. We're superior to you and we That's need right. to make the decisions for you versus That's right. we want your freedom. We want you to stand shoulder to shoulder with us and let's be citizens together and neighbors. I mean, That's what right. the heck? Yeah, no, it, it it really is disturbing. We're we're living in a time where uh, a large mass of the you know the population you know I think has been fooled, and you know part of the problem is is that that these same people, the elites, they have gotten you know control over the media. That's the and so it's yeah you know that is you know when you have the media is under their control. When you have the, I mean, look what happened with COVID. Who would have ever thought in their wildest dreams? That the government would be able to tell people you have to close your business and that people would comply or that you have to wear a mask, you know, when you're, you know, when well, you you're, know it doesn't even freaking work. Yeah, yeah exactly. Stupid. It was a, a sign a, of oppression. A, exactly. A piece of cloth mask or stupid. or you have to uh, get an injection. Who would have ever thought that people would have agreed to that? You know, again, speaking to the liberals, whatever happened to my body, my choice. Right. You know, but let me ask you, those same people were the ones that said, you know, you have to go get vaccinated because you're a risk to me, even though we all know now that that was complete bullcrap. But it's it's deeper than that. It's like two years later, people begin to realize what happened and they're like, oh, and then things start to get reversed. And, and nobody ever has to pay the consequences of that. I mean, what yeah, happened that, with COVID? Go ahead. Yeah, well, I was going to say, and that that to that. What you just said right there, nobody has ever paid the consequence. Why are we seeing what we're seeing? Because of what you just said. The FBI will continue to commit crimes against the American people, and they will continue to violate the Constitution. They will continue you know, to basically move us closer and closer 
to a authoritarian, uh, totalitarian state as long as no one is prosecuted for these crimes. And the same is true of, you know, of Fauci, uh, you know, and what happened with COVID and, you know, and all of the people that were duped. Uh, these people in the government, if they're not prosecuted, it will continue to happen and it will get worse because well, what it is, they're going to continue to to move the goalposts till we get used to it. It's like the frog being boiled, you know, and the, you know, the, the we're the starting to be boiled up. now, though. We're starting to cook. And so we got to yep. do something. <laughs> yeah. OK, well, my, well, uh, I was I was going to ask you, though. We we take two years before these agendas start to flush out and people are like, wait a minute, this is so bad. Everything's so bad. Why don't we have leadership in there that sees it as it's happening and make sure we don't do something that is just incredibly horrible for our country? Why do well, we part- always have to wait until two years later when all the activists are screaming and, and, and 90% of the people are like, yeah, they're right. You know, why is it that? Why do we have such a bad representation well okay so i i have a theory on that when you look at um and i'm running for office right now so i'm seeing it firsthand um all the PACs, all the special interest groups all the lobbyists you know they will find whoever they know they can control and that's who they're going to donate to that is who they're going to prop up that's who they're going to push to get elected the media they're all bought and paid for by the same group of people. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. You would think with a story like mine, right, that, you know, somebody was a federal whistleblower, somebody that went up against Hillary Clinton, somebody that, you know, fought uh, for election integrity after the 2020 election. All these things you would think that the local newspapers would want to run my story. They would want to interview me, would want to talk to me. But the problem is, is you've got one company that owns 15 newspapers here in West Virginia. And they won't have any, they won't run any press, not a single press release, but it's worse than that. When I initially put out my uh, my initial press release announcing my run, um, the press release service, which is, you know, one of the major, you know, it's basically, an, you know, when, when you put out a press release, it goes to a service and then they distribute it out to all the different uh, news desks across the nation. They censored me. They said, um, we're not going to, you know, because I had talked about COVID, because I talked about January 6th, because I talked about um, election integrity, and because I talked about Hillary. They said, you got to remove everything about any of those four subjects. Oh, my gosh. We're in such a dark time that we can't talk about the most important subjects of our time. And all I had done was I had wrote, wrote a list of grievances. And I said, the government has done this. The government has done this. The government has done. I laid out the facts and I said, it's, you know, basically it's time for change. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to stand by and ignore these things when I swore an oath. And they, you know what they said? They said, you need to change your tone. Change your tone. They're trying to direct a campaign on what I have to say and what I'm allowed to say and not to say. So the problem is. This is the newspaper company. This, this is, this is the. PR Newswire, I'll just name them. PR Newswire said that. That's one of the largest, it is the largest newswire service in the country, probably in the world. So like when you want to, how things end up on AP and all these other places, that's how it happens. Yeah, they supply all that news and they're controlling the spigot, the source. That's right. And they, and it, and by the way, it came back immediately. It wasn't like an editor even looked at it. They just came back and said, no, can't do this. 
So here's my question. Is the FBI paying them? Who's paying them? Does the FBI have control over them? That's right. Who's paying? I would say it's above the FBI, but yeah. It's it's the intelligence community and FBI is is an arm of them. Yeah. And, you know, and unfortunately, um, you know, it's not even, it's not the average person working there. It's the leadership. It is the elites. It is the deep state. We are absolutely, you know, uh, we have a shadow government that controls you know, what's going on in this country. So people down in DC, go ahead. So so the people down in DC that largely get elected are elected because the donor class, the elites, the ones that are basically funding their campaigns. And then on top of that, if that's not, if they're controlling the media, you know, they're able to, you know, basically block. And then if they, if that doesn't work, then they they do like what they're doing to Trump. They go at you with lawfare and they try to sue you out of existence and they try to keep you off the ballot and they try to keep you, you know, basically uh, so just busy with with court filings and court cases that you can't even campaign. So this is what's going on in America today. So the, the people who largely are the ruling class in America, they're not representing the people. This is why Matt Gates did what he did, and rightfully so, in calling out McCarthy. McCarthy is part of that. He's part of that ruling class. How do you think it is that that um, uh, there was a they, they did a video, uh, a movie that showed up on uh, Amazon. It's called The Swamp and uh, McCarthy and and uh, sorry, not McCarthy, uh, Matt Gates. And you had um, uh, you had a couple of others that were in it as well. And it was a documentary. And they were talking about how you get your committee assignments. And it's by the amount of money that you raise. So if you raise a lot of money. Then you get the better, you know, committee assignments, and the but committee if the assignments elite doesn't. If the elite doesn't support you, then you won't get the committee assignments because you're not right. raising the money. That's right. And so what ends up happening is you have this corrupt system that's driven by money. And so, like I was talking to, um, you know, we've got a lot of mineral rights owners here in West Virginia, and uh, you know, and they've had some things that have happened to them that has not, you know, that have been not fair. In terms of their private mineral rights, where they've been, you know, ripped off by you know some of the, uh, you know, some of the oil and gas companies that you know that have taken advantage of new rules that were written in the Senate, uh, the state legislature. So when I'm looking in it, I see that there are a ton of lobbying groups that are representing all of the oil and gas companies. But who's representing the people? Who's representing? Yeah, where's their the interests? lobbyist for the people? There is none. The, the person who's supposed to be their lobbyist is supposed to be the representative that they voted for. But these guys go down there and they don't end up representing the people. They end up representing the interests of those special interest groups, corporations, uh, you know, big, uh, uh, you know, organizations that throw a lot of money at their campaigns. So that is the problem. Well, how that do is we get out so, of this, this really dark time? Because now we're on the verge of World War III. We have all these things. We are. How do we get out of this real dark censorship, you know, media being owned by the power brokers, the Congress being owned and blackmailed by the power brokers. How do we it, get it out takes, of It takes, I think it's going to take an act of God. I really do. I think we need to pray. I think we need to pray, but we also need to say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And in my case, I felt very clear that God told me to run for office and and it's hard. And I'm going to tell you right now, any, anybody thinks this is easy, they're fooling themselves. This is the hardest thing I've ever done. 
I work a regular day job from six in the morning till two. And at two o'clock, I start campaigning sometimes until midnight. And so, you know, we're traveling. I put $20,000 of my own money into my campaign. And, uh, you know, and it is tough because I won't accept money from lobbyists. I won't accept money from the, the uh, you know, the, the, these super PACs and stuff like that. Not going to happen because I don't want to be owned when I go down there. So take somebody who's willing to do that, first of all. Take somebody who's willing to do good old-fashioned politics the old-fashioned way, where you go out there, you meet the people, you shake hands, you press the flesh, you know, you you listen to people, you start working now before you even get elected to start, um, you know, trying to, to do things, you know, for the people. So as I was going around talking to people, I hear them talking about uh, parents' rights and, and then wanting a parental bill of rights because they've had their rights, you know, basically stripped of them by the schools, you know, and seeing, um, you know, the their kids, uh, they, you know, parents have a right to protect their kids, but yet they see the school saying, oh, you know, we don't care what the parent says. If the kid comes to school and thinks, you know, if it's a boy thinking he's a girl, we're going to let him change into girls clothes at the school. Or if the kid comes to school, thinks he's a boy, we're going to let him go dress and, and shower in the, in the girls shower room and dressing room, you know, basically exposing their daughter, you know, to, you know, to these boys. They, they have had, uh, you know, the schools tell them, we don't care about your right to make the health decisions for your child. We're going to demand that you inject your child with a, a uh, you know, a experimental vaccine. If you want your child to get an education, that's what you have to do. Oh, and if you don't do that, then we're going to say you're not, you know, you're not giving your child an education. So, so we're going to take our, your child it's away hypocrisy. from you. Yes, it is a total, total hypocrisy just based on whatever their agenda is. That's right. And, so, and the fact that people can't see through the hypocrisy, I, it's, yeah. it's a head scratcher again. Like I, I don't so, understand. So I got with my volunteers and we wrote a parent's bill of rights, uh, you know, piece of legislation to propose to our state legislature. And then we went down and we did the work. I took a day off of work. I went down and I lobbied, you know, our state legislatures when they were down there for um, special session. And we brought them over to the tables. We showed them the, the sexually explicit books that are in our libraries. We showed them the FOIA requests that showed what libraries they're in. We opened it up right to the page that shows basically a cartoon depiction of an orgy. And I said, do you feel like this is appropriate for your 10-year-old granddaughter? And they looked at it and were like, no. Horrified. And I, Yeah, exactly. And I said, so what are you going to do about it? And so that that is the kind of thing that needs to be done. And that's the kind of citizen action that's required at the local level to get things done. And even though I'm not running for state legislature, and even though I don't have to do this, I decided what an opportunity to show people I'm willing to earn their vote. I'm not going to be somebody who's going to be bought and paid for. I've made a, uh, I've made a pledge and I've put it on my website that any lobbyist that wants to meet with me, I'll meet with them because maybe they have something important to share with me. Maybe there's something important to the industries that, you know, that uh, benefit West Virginia, but on one condition, it has to be recorded and made public immediately. I'm not going to have secret meetings with lobbyists. The fact is, is that is part of the problem that we have going on right now. If that, if what we're doing and what we're talking about is not untoward, then why, why does it have to be secret? It should yeah. be public. That very well, no. we need more transparency. That's what Obama that, absolutely went on. he wanted well, transparent. Go ahead. Yeah, they came up with the Freedom of Information Act. Congress voted for it. They put it into play, but they made sure it only applied to the executive and the judicial branches. It does not apply to them. So these are the kinds of things that definitely have got to change. And it's going to require leadership 
and people who are willing to make the necessary sacrifices in order to better our country and save our nation. Because if we don't do these things, I don't know how much longer our, our country is going to be around for, because eventually it will get to the point where you're going to see major division and you're going to see countries uh, you know, that are going to be watching us. And, my, and I don't want to see a separation of the United States. To me, that will mean our enemies will look and see that as an opportunity. But well, if we I, don't do something we got a to lot change of basic the way things, things are going. We have a lot of basic things that we need to fix. And that's right. it's not going to happen. And I mean, we will, our country will be over if we don't fix just these basic things. I th- see it more as those who are brainwashed by the mainstream media and those who aren't. It's almost like that. It's almost, yeah. it really is. The division isn't necessarily what it used to be, you know, liberal and conservative. And no. uh, it, it, it's more who's brainwashed and who isn't. Because well, and the, I think we, go ahead. I think we're at a point where you can't just, we can't have another round of politicians that have no spine. We cannot have no. another round of politicians of what I call milk toast politicians that are going to go in there and basically just vote, but not actually speak out, not actually propose legislation to fix the problems, not actually hold, you know, the, their fellow congressmen, uh, you know, accountable for the just absolutely obscene amount of spending that's going on you know we're in debt right now to 33 trillion dollars now how is it just a simple simple math question how is it that if we're in debt to the tune of 33 trillion we have the money to you know build a new fbi headquarters that's supposed to be bigger than the pentagon for you know 55 million dollars how is it that we found uh, $13 billion to give to the Ukraine this year and $12 billion to give to them last year. That means we're borrowing money to give it to other countries. But well, we are have to suffering pay that back, here. We're that's right. The people who got to pay that back is the American citizen. And largely it's going to be the young children and the kids that are in school and college that are going to end up getting stuck with that bill. I don't know if they even care, right? I mean, are they just devoid like in La La Land? I mean, do they just not even see the issues? You know, with the open borders and the wars and the the censorship and the stolen elections. And I mean, it it's a banana republic and the yeah. Congress isn't even talking about it. Well, and you know what happens, too, with all of the illegal immigration going on. Here's the problem. That's going to drive wages down. You know, so people think, you know, like the people that want to go get a job and everything. When you got to compete with a bunch of illegals that have come here and that will basically work for next to nothing. Because they don't have a choice. What is that going to do to the wages of every other American? And you know, I've heard I've heard people lie and make that comment. Oh, they don't take jobs that anybody wants. Bull crap. I can tell you right now. You go out there, go to any, uh, you know, go to any fast food chain, and oftentimes there are people working behind the counter that don't even speak English that well. And I know there are illegals working in there. And where are the people? You know, where is it that that people are supposed to work when they're in high school? You know, when they're trying to, you know, build their, a, you know, get their first job, job and stuff like that. Yeah. Then you've got, that's just the, the unskilled um, labor, right? Uh, obviously, there will always be a need for, you know, uh, for guest workers to come in for, you know, basically seasonal jobs, you know, which is your, you're picking, you know, vegetables and things like that. And that's the way it used to be. And we had a good arrangement with Mexico to have seasonal workers that would come up, they would work, go back and bring back money for their families. But it's not just about that. They also take electricians jobs. They take mechanic jobs. They take, you know, 
what they call skilled labor jobs, which do pay a good amount. And when illegals are taking those jobs, they're able to do it, you know, and uh, do it for less money because they're not coming from, you know, the American lifestyle. They're willing to live, you know, with, uh, you know, 10 to 20 people in a house. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to see the American dream, you know, fall apart, but that's what we're seeing. Well, but we have worse problems at the border than, than even that. That's a, that's a, that's just a labor issue. Yeah. That's a, but we have the fact that the majority of the girls and children, women and children are being raped and abused in the, on, in the right. process. We have the cartel running that whole border. We had General Valley and a group of like seven generals and admirals came together and said, we can wipe this out and do a uh, declare war on the we cartel. Should. We should. And I'll tell you why. L- listen to these numbers. 73,000 Americans last year were killed due to fentanyl overdose. <laughs> That's more people than we lost in both sides of the American Revolution. It's more people than we lost in three years of American forces in Vietnam. 73,000. We're already at war, whether we want to admit it or not. And the cartels are the ones doing it. And the people who are financing and they're bringing all of the um, the precursor chemicals they're giving to the cartels, it's China. It is the Chinese Communist Party. So we have this all is these a com- war. Yeah, it's a war. But we have all these congressmen and all these politicians saying maybe some lip service to it, but they're doing nothing. How do right. we have, I know they're blackmailed and whatever, but whoever does nothing needs to be out. I mean, we, I would say, being honest, I would say 90% of the people in Congress should be fired because they're I doing agree. nothing about what's destroying our country. And it seems like they're in on it. They're doing it on purpose. Well, I kind of there's there's two thoughts to this. So one of it is that I obviously there are people who are compromised, right? You've got those that are blackmailed or bribed. I mean, look at the Biden family. Uh, you know, yeah. Their whole family has made money off of China. Uh, so there's people that are bribed. Then you got people who are blackmailed, you know, and that they're afraid to do things. They're afraid to say anything. They're under the control of the deep state because they've got dirt on them. Yeah, uh, but then there's also them. those that go ahead. Then there's also those that are like, you know, they're like the looter. You know, when a city is burning, they're the ones that are basically looting the store saying, you know what, it's all burning down anyways, so I'm just going to get what I can get. And I think there are a lot of people in Congress, quite frankly, that are that way. Well, I don't, they have no integrity. They talk about how they care about the people and then they do nothing. I mean, they're the worst of the worst. If you're going to be up there saying how you care about somebody, you care about the people coming over the borders. We care. Yeah. We have compassion. You need to, have, these people need a place to work too. Okay. So you yeah. know, you have a corridor where 70 to 80% of the women and children are raped along the way and you don't care. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The what's Darian, wrong yeah, with Darian, you? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know. And you have two obstacles of getting into Congress. So I want to know what, you, what your plans are. One, the rhino Republicans won't fund American first candidates. I don't know if you're an American first candidate or not, but you sure that 100% talk an like American one. first. Yeah, you talk I'm not like only one. an America first candidate. I'm a West Virginia first candidate. There are things that are going on here in this state uh, that shouldn't be happening, like all of this, uh, you know, supposed green energy, uh, you know, crap. You know, it's all half of the product comes from China. We have the most abundant natural resources in the United States right here in West Virginia. And we're not even tapping into, you know, the half of it because you've got all of the climate change agenda being pushed by not only the Biden administration, but also groups like uh, BlackRock and 
State Street and Vanguard. And, and so they don't want to do the investment, you know, here to build refineries here in West Virginia. They don't want to do the investment to build the power plants here in West Virginia. Oh. And uh, and I I fully intend, you know, on removing whatever obstacles I can remove so that we can get those things going here and working with our state legislature and oh. using the bully pulpit of office in order to push for those things. So are the rhino Republicans in your state traitors to Virginia or are they um, supporting just whoever the people want to vote into office? Because they rigged the election against American first candidates by not giving them any funds. So and that, they do is... the same here. Okay, they do so, the same here. They, so they're traitors. Um, they're traitors to yeah. their own party. They're traitors to the state. Are they going to make roadblocks so that people who actually care about the people in your state can get elected. Look, they have no way of being able to attack me on merit. I mean, I'm a whistleblower. You know, I I lost everything to fight for my country. I'm a veteran. Uh, so what are they going to do? You know, try to call me a crazy conspiracy theorist. I mean, that's about all they can do. And really, you know, nobody on the right believes that. I mean, you know, the difference no, between yeah, a conspiracy no. Theory and a conspiracy fact is about two weeks these days. That, yeah, but, nobody believes it anymore. It doesn't but, work anymore. But the one thing they can do, and it is the one thing they are trying to do at every opportunity they get, is to minimize my exposure, minimize my ability to get out there. And, and that's why I'm going on shows like yours who will allow me on, who will allow me to be able to tell uh, the story of who I am. And even though, you know, there may be few, I don't know how many people in West Virginia are going to see your show. The reality is the more shows that I am on, the more chances there are that somebody's going to catch one of those shows and they're going to see me and they're going to hear what I have to say. And then the other thing I'm doing is I'm getting out there and talking to the people directly. You know, they can stop me from getting in the media. They can stop me from getting in the papers. Uh, they can, you know, not fund, uh, you know, my campaign. They can block donations, you know, from going into my campaign. Um, I've had meetings uh, that I had with, uh, I was supposed to speak at West Virginia University it got canceled at the last minute, yet my Why? opponent was allowed to speak. Um, and then they're saying, oh. Why, well, Why were you canceled they, and he wasn't? What They kind said of that it was too close to the finals, even though we're talking one week's difference. So they let him in, but they 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 kept me out. So then you know, that you had stuff other... should be illegal. It used it, to be illegal in the media where you had to give fair representation. Now well, they what just... they're saying is the Go way ahead. they get around is they said, well, we'll let you come back in the spring. Meanwhile... I'm trying to, you know, build volunteer bases and stuff like that. So I got to wait till spring. By then it's too late. In May, we they have our primary. They know that. They don't care. They know it. Absolutely. So, okay, so you have, one, you have that obstacle where your own party works against you because they're just Absolutely. part of this uniparty swamp. And then you got the other obstacle, which is the fixed rigged election. How are you going to get beyond the rigged election? And that's a question for every so I have worked on uh, election okay. integrity, and I can say with quite certainty that West Virginia does not have a problem with our elections. At least we have not in the past. Um, we have a couple areas, uh, Monongalia County and um, Mingo County, where I saw anomalies in 2020. But other than that, I mean, it's not enough to to really, you know, manufacture a change. Now, the rigged elections part, most of the rigging is done by Democrats against the Republicans. You don't yep. see as much of that being done by Republicans against Republicans in primaries. And West Virginia is sufficiently a solid red state. I'm not worried about, you know, um, uh, election integrity issues here in this state. Now, well, that's good. the presidential race, it's certainly a concern. And in some states, you know, just to the north of us, 
you know, Pennsylvania, that's a big problem there. It's a big problem in Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, Georgia, uh, Arizona, all of the swing states, if you will, you know, they are targets of election interference and election uh, corruption. But our elections here in West Virginia are pretty good, and I'm not too concerned about that. I'm more concerned about the uh, being blocked at getting my messaging out and being blocked at getting the name recognition out. And, uh, you know, the truth is, is that my main opponent, um, he is the nephew of Shelley Moore Capito, who's a total rhino. And, uh, you know, and, and most people in West Virginia do not like her. Uh, there was a time when a lot of people did, but they don't like her now because she has gone off the reservation and has, you know, basically started voting, you know, for uh, woke things. And uh, and so she is a rhino and her nephew is running for Congress and her son is running for governor. So you have of the same state political... in, in West Virginia. Yes. You oh, have okay. a political dynasty of of this family trying to take over West Virginia politics. And I can guarantee you, I have not yet met a single person in West Virginia that thinks that's a good idea. So he can you can raise all the money that he wants. All I need to do is get the information out there to people that you know, because a lot of people don't know that he is related to Shelley Moore Capito, or they don't know, you know, that he was a foreign registered agent and the vice president of the Podesta group for several years. Yeah, let's they don't talk know. about that, because the Podesta yeah. group is hardcore Democrat territory. So they got right. a guy running for Republican that used to run the Podesta group. So, OK, let's talk about Podesta because you were a whistleblower that That's exposed right. them. I exposed and, Hillary Clinton and her corruption uh, related to her pay-to-play scheme, and the Podestas. John Podesta was her campaign chairman, and he wasn't. No, he's another example of someone who is clearly compromised. They it's to the point where the in England, or I don't, I think it was England, um, their profiler actually drew the two Podesta brothers in almost a, almost looks exactly like them involving a pedophile case how do and nobody questions it they just keep going that's right it's like how how do well, how can people then you take, get away you take, with stuff uh, like yeah, that you take tony podesta and there are there are pictures of the artwork that is in his home I know. where he has little children little girls little boys and in, in their panties and their underwear and in bondage and he and he calls that art and he's got a, a piece of artwork that hangs from uh you know, the staircase that basically is a, an arched body bent over backwards, which is supposedly from Jeffrey Dahmer and one of his victims. So how this is the kind have... of sickos yeah, that how... he worked with. Basically, it's it, that's a symptom of how corrupt we really are down there. And that that is the mentality and the gross. I mean, what's in Washington, D.C., the fact that somebody who is that exposed as a pedophile is still able to have power and walk without i mean I, they should Look, they, they, just, they, they shouldn't be able to walk the streets you know they what? just I mean, what the busted heck? yeah they just busted a, a a high profile prostitution ring and apparently there are members of you know of our congress that are involved why are their names being withheld why are they why because are they, they want to control them why that's, that's why their, it's now it's their blackmail because they want to control them so now they have they more know, blackmail that's right so this is the thing why would you give up you know so this is how how did the fbi get 50 million dollars at a time like now 
when the whole world sees their corruption, how did they get 70 members of Congress to vote to give money to the FBI? I got to ask myself, you know, are are these are these 70 Republicans? Are they are they were they ones that were, you know, were uh, connected with the uh, this prostitution ring or do they have some dirt on them? You know, does the FBI have dirt on uh, them for yeah. something? I'm sure uh, I'm just do. asking the question. I'm not making an accusation. Just asking the question. How in the world can any Republican justify giving the FBI, you know, millions of dollars to build a an FBI headquarters that's supposedly going to be bigger than the Pentagon? Is, this, is it 500 million? Yeah. I don't think it'll stop at 500 million because I bet you they won't even be able to do it for that. No, it so won't. they'll start and then they'll have another thing. Next thing you know, they'll launder spend... all kinds of money through it. That's right. And next thing you know, they're going to spend 2 billion. The whole thing probably only really did cost 500 million, but 1.5 billion goes into the pockets of whoever they're paying off. Yep. You know, we, we, that's what we're sitting with, but nobody, even pedophilia is okay with them. It's almost well, like you've got, you know, you know who the, you know, the biggest funder, I just saw this this morning, the number one funder of these uh, sexually explicit books being you know, pushed out to all of our schools and, and to all of our public libraries for, you know, the, basically it's pornography, um, you know, in cartoon form. And, uh, and it does. And by the way, it, it's all against the law under federal law. It, it does not uh, all of these things. They, they meet the criteria set forth in federal law for obscenity and uh, because they're very specific that any children engaged in sexual activity, uh, that is not art by federal law. That is obscenity. Yep, and that's right. The, the, and so so the fact that they are putting these books out there, the number one funder, Planned Parenthood. They're the biggest funder of all. Really? Of that. Yep. They're the ones funding this. Wow. I didn't realize. Yeah, so it's, it was, it's being so funded it be by several so organizations. Obvious. No, they it's, also it's they, the American the Demo- Library Association. Okay. It is the National Education Association, uh, Planned Parenthood. But Planned Parenthood is the number one, number one funder of it. It's well, like three hundred million you, dollars or something. They're on this big campaign saying that the uh, Republicans want to censor books. Now, censoring pornography toward children is exactly what you need to be doing. And why are you pushing That's it? Right. But are the Republicans trying to censor just some basic stuff that the Harry Potter and things, you know, some of the extremists no, that don't want to, it's the Democrats. They the Democrats are the ones, the Democrats are the ones that like to censor adults, right? They, they, like I said, they censored me from being able to say what I want to say. They do it all the time. They, they did look what they did on Twitter and Facebook, you know, where they, and YouTube, where they mass kicked off, you know, uh, conservatives and, and not only that, but also you had uh, President of the United States who got kicked off of Twitter. I mean, all of this is an ev- is the evidence of who's really doing the censoring. The only thing that conservatives care about is we don't want our children being exposed, just like we don't want our children having some tranny coming in and doing a lap dance on our child, you know, or or doing some strip tease in front of our kids. I think that's a perfectly re- anybody who's but got see, half a brain cell. Yeah, knows that that is not right. That's why I don't think it's a left-right issue. I think it's those who are brainwashed and those who aren't. Because any good parent, the vast majority, 95% of them are going to be like, hell no. No. And so it's not, it's it's who's been 
brainwashed or who doesn't get to be exposed. That's why they don't, they censor so hard because they don't want their people to know what's really going on. And so they have to censor you because you will, you'll say something that'll pique the interest of one of their left supporters who will go, wait a minute, I'm not for that. I didn't even know that was going on. I can tell you that the majority of the people who are pro-abortion or who are for pro-choice do not know the extreme laws that are going through. They do not. They think it's just basic, you know, 24 weeks. Come on, what's wrong with you? That's what happened in in Ohio. You saw that uh, in Ohio, they passed that, uh, was it Proposition 1 or whatever, to give make an, an amendment to their constitution that allows for abortion all the way up to uh they they put it into their constitution and allows abortion all the way up to nine months all the way up to birth yeah that's, I don't that's think, what's happening yeah i don't think that the majority of people in ohio uh, even those that believe in abortion uh think that that's acceptable that's my point they just they yeah. don't know and they don't know there's actually states that do post-birth abortion by the way post-birth abortion is just murder of a u.s citizen because once is. a baby's born they're a u.s citizen so I don't even know how that can even, that's just so obvious. Well, remember, um, who was his name? Gosling, uh, Dr. Gosling or whatever that, that, uh, the guy who was was put in prison for, for that. But he he aborted somebody in the third month or something. Right. And then it was a baby that was on, or what did he kill him? Yeah, no, it was also about leaving a, you know, that basically a, 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 aborted child that was alive uh you know letting yeah. it die on the table you know because once they're born aren't they a u.s citizen at that point and you can't murder a, a human being who's they can they're they're playing all this mental gymnastics and legalese to say when you're in the human in the woman's body you're not a baby you're not a citizen sure. you're an in, you're a fetus right okay yeah fine. But even though but, even though this is one thing that like most people aren't even aware that a child that is in the womb it has a different blood system than the mother. Like there's, there's uh, absolutely a child doesn't, you know, my, my, a perfect example. I've got two children that have uh, you know, a positive and two yep. that have O positive blood types. You, you can't, you can't have, you know, uh, you know, different blood types in the womb like that. Uh, you know, if they're sure in the same blood, it's, it's a different blood system that the child has they are they are their own autonomous you know that's, that's right uh, you know well but person. but my point was is like the people are just not hearing the basic because they just wouldn't yeah. be for it if they knew it it's in in our state i did a presentation on the extreme legislation that's going through because we have one of the most extreme abortion situations in the in the world actually yeah. we've gone so far that i've compared it to china japan and other places that had some pretty extreme they've pulled back and they used to call it their eugenics program here we don't yeah. even say what it really is we lie to the people yeah. but they took away any kind of funding to help uh mothers too and they made it so in this state they made it so a doctor doesn't have to perform it either so and they took away the the tracking of it, so it's it's extreme. The abortion activists are saying it's the most extreme in the country, and that in turn, and this is another thing that people don't realize: we're the most extreme in the world, and more extreme than all through history. Because I went through all through history, and they didn't even do to this degree. I mean, there were times where they would when they. They didn't have money. They would take a newborn baby and leave it on a wall, hoping somebody yeah. else would take it. 
And in that way, I guess it was the kind of death after birth, but it wasn't for the same reasons we're doing now. It's not a eugenics program. No. And it wasn't a, um, wasn't an issue of convenience. You know, it's like, uh, it's become now just a, a you know, a con- you know, there's a, it's a, it's a cult Abortion. of death is it's, what it is. It, it's birth control. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but the fact that it's gotten so extreme is the, what is crazy and that they just don't see it, but that's our media, right? And they can't, that's why they have to shut your voice down. That's why they have to shut my voice down because they don't want the brainwashed people to hear or sniff anything that is contrary to the agendas and all the crap they're pumping into their heads. So how do we get around that? Well, I think part of it is that, you know, the, it's going to take time. Um, but the left has made a, a, I think, a miscalculation by them trying to shut down, uh, you know, the voices of the right and completely kicking them off of their platforms. It, it caused things like Rumble, it's you know, it caused obvious, yeah. things like, uh, you know, True Social and Getter and Gab, you know, to come into existence. Bastion. And so, so I think um, as more people, you know, wake up, you know, they're going to shift over to some of these things. And then you've got guys like you know, Elon Musk is a very powerful figure in and of himself who basically said, you know what, I don't think it's good that Twitter is, you know, has shut down, uh, you know, the voices of those on the right. And he ended up, you know, buying Twitter. Has he fixed everything? No, but he's done a lot of good. And one of those things was uh, creating Twitter spaces, which, you know, is a live forum. And so you can't, it's not as easy to censor people when they're live. You know, you can censor people go when they're not i'm not a huge fan of twitter because i still think they're censoring and shadow banning they are he just hasn't been able to catch it but and i had to recreate a channel in june and never got my original people back and i i i can tell they're censoring but so i'm not a huge fan but it's better than what it was it is better than the way it was but sometimes (laughs) when you make it seem like it's not censored and you are then you just appeasing people and you're really keeping them in a box i do kind of wonder if some of that's going on i do but at the end of the day i think what they've done is they've they've forced um they forced some natural you know diversity you know of of thought and opinion and of platforms and so eventually uh it's going to you know i think it will make a difference um you know we we still have a problem where we have a lot of people and like in West Virginia, I see this as a huge problem. So, you know, one of the biggest censors, one of the biggest, um, you know, problems with, within social media, in my opinion, is uh, Facebook. Um, oh, Facebook has, yeah, they, they are, they're, they're terrible. They're like Google. They're like YouTube. They are, uh, yeah. except they're worse. Uh, they have some really interesting, um, without getting into too much detail, some really interesting connections to our intelligence community. And, uh, and I'm speaking, you know, from a place of knowledge on that. Um, Experience. You saw it firsthand. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was read on to many things and I will just tell you that and there uh, nobody should trust Facebook, I but yet that, I think Google who owns YouTube is, is really bad. So I've well, seen a lot. Satan. I was in a lawsuit yeah, with them. Yeah, they are. they are bad. So to say that like Facebook the antitrust works, laws that are being broken by them all the time are just unbelievable that we have not, you know, that they haven't been, um, that's what I mean. Our Congress prosecuted so for, you know, for monopoly. How are we in this situation where our Congress is so incompetent? Because they have the money to pay the lobbyists to pay off the the representatives. That's That's why I say everything comes down to the lobbyists, to the money, to the influence peddling that is going on in Washington, D.C. Is it fixable? That has to end. 
and they're never going to end it themselves. Yeah, so, so people if- like myself can go down there. We can set an example and then I can go virtue signal to basically say, hey, how come my other you know, re- representatives, how come my fellow congressmen aren't doing the same as me? I can do that sort of thing. And hopefully people will wise up and then murder those people and get them out of here. But the problem is, is that they're never going to vote for it. They're never going to vote to censor themselves or, never, or to be transparent. They're never going to vote to, um, you know, to, to uh, be transparent with the lobbyists and all of that. And so this is where I do believe in the convention of states. I think that um, there are some things that they want to do, like term limits. And, uh, you know, but one of the other big issues I think they need to do is that they need sh- the convention of states should take up the issue of FOIA and say, you know what, we think FOIA is a good thing. And we think Congress should be you know, responsible to have to abide by it as well. And there should be transparency, no more secrecy, you know, behind uh, closed doors. If you're a representative, you should actually have to. Uh, answer to your people as to what you're up to. Is there a danger with the convention of states? Because some people are worried that now we can yeah. fix we can fix things, but they can also really mess stuff up. Yeah. So so I used to think that too, and um, and I think it was uh, I can't remember the name of the group, but there was an organization that's very much done a lot of good things, and they fought against communism, and um, I can't remember the name of them, but the the they were one of the big ones that were pushing against a convention of states saying that you could have a runaway convention. But what I've read so far and what I've looked at, there's no such thing. You have to, they have to agree ahead of time on what is going to be proposed. Like all the the states have to say, okay, we're agreeing. These are the only two issues that we're voting on. We're not, when that's not an open forum where we get to just bring things to the table, they have to agree upon it ahead of time. And then can't just take away the first. No, no. And then once they have the convention, then they only vote on those issues that were already agreed upon. So um, so the the idea of a runaway convention, I don't you know, unless somebody wants to enlighten me, I don't see how that's even possible. I used to think that because I was warned about that and told that. But when I've actually read up on it and looked into it, it looks like uh, that's not the case. So I think, you know, we have only a few tools right to correct some things. And when you have Congress unwilling to you know, vote for certain things. Like, here's another example. Why does Congress get to vote on their own pay raises? <laughs> why is that not an issue for the ballot? You know but what I mean? Why does Congress? It was like that with the health care. Why does Congress get their own, but the, they vote on this health care for the country? Everybody else has. They they don't have to participate yeah. in the own the, what they pass. No, oh. so I mean, it's like that's the kind of thing I look at. It's like um, there are certain things that there's like a conflict of interest. You know, that I think that it should have to be a ballot item. You know, if if Congress is doing such a great job, then by all means, you know, give them a raise. But if they're not doing a good job, maybe it's time to say, you know what, we're going to take away some of the incentives. So, you know, to get, you know, but people got to be careful what they vote for, too. You know, we have to think about it like this. Um, you know, and I, I say this at the same time. It's like for me to go to Congress, I actually got to take a pay cut to go to mm-hmm. Congress. Yeah. But. I look at it like this. And 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 when I say a picket, I'm I really mean it. I mean, like, I'm not going to, you know, do the insider trading that goes on in Congress. I'm divesting myself of all stocks, bonds, cryptocurrency, everything before I take office. And I will not buy any while I'm in office because I don't ever want to be, like I said, controlled by the this system of corruption and greed. You know, that seems to be there. I want to always be able to be on the right side of things. 
Well, how much would you get paid if you um, won? What are they? What's the pay scale now? Gosh, um, it's not bad. It's a pretty decent. It's not salary. bad. It's not bad, but it's it's about uh, I I shall see here. One eighty or something. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I'm I'm well over that right now with my own company. Sure, sure. So I'll have well, to give up. Really good people. Yeah. Get usually get paid more than what the salaries are. But let me ask you about um, presidential race. The Vivek, uh, I can't even pronounce it, but Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy, yeah. Um, he was in that. I think the Republican debates are kind of a joke because I think it's making everybody look really bad. But beyond that, I think he won the last debate. I think he's great. He's the only one that says stuff that I think resonates. With yeah, I think the majority Vivek of is the he's the only there's only two guys that are, are really exposing, you know, a lot of uh, the stuff that's going on. And um, and that's and then, Donald Trump and yeah. Vivek Ramaswamy. Well, I don't then see if you listen the to the really mainstream great. media, they said that uh, uh, what's her name? Oh, Sarah, why is I'm blanking on her name? I should Haley? Her, Haley, yes. Oh, they I can't that, stand her. I know, but they said she won the debate. Yeah, right. That's a liar. That that, you know, that's like that's MSC. like when they said that Hillary Clinton, remember, they said Hillary Clinton was going to beat Donald Trump. <laughs> I think so it's part of their crap. property. They said he lost, Vivek lost, and she won. Yeah. That is a well, perfect example of propaganda. The Smith Munt Act, um, you know, the Smith Munt Reauthorization or, or yeah. Modernization Act, that's what allowed for our government to, uh, you know, actually have uh, a legal ability to be able to push propaganda. And absolutely, I think that's, you know, that would fall under that. And the ACLU was paid $50 million that year by George Soros. And the ACLU came out in favor of saying it was the best thing for free speech to. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, can you believe that? So, yeah, well, the same ACLU who, by the way, after I blew the whistle and I had um, uh, a question was brought before the, uh, they, uh, I think it was the Daily Caller foia'd um, the magistrate who signed off on the search warrant to my house and said, uh, was the judge made aware that Nate Kane was a, you know, a federal whistleblower protected by the Intelligence Community Whistleblower Protection Act. And an, and a Clinton appointed judge put a seal on that answer and then put a seal on her own justification. How is that even possible? And when the ACLU was asked, do you think that this right, they had no comment? They have no like, comment. They don't give a crap. It's kind they of don't like give our, a case, crap. our case against Google I don't know where were the ACLU in those cases, but our case, the, the judges, well, the first they came out in a yeah. month and it should have been a three month process. It was un unbelievably fast. No judge signed their name to it, but then they made it unpublishable. Yeah. Like, you only make things unpublishable when the law is so set that there's so many other things out there that's published that you don't need it. As if yeah. this is set, <laughs> give me a break. Yeah, it's disgusting what's going on. But so that was a win on our part anyways, them not publishing it because they cited that it was a just painfully, painfully fixed and obvious. And I yeah. said, and I, as I said in the last show, I think judges need to start being under scrutiny and maybe should go to prison for being well, blackmailed so, or doing so, things wrong. You know, what you're but talking about, you know, Congress has the ability to impeach judges. 
And under uh, Ronald Reagan, there were several that were impeached, and we absolutely should be impeaching them now. It would set a new precedent to start impeaching judges for, you know, for uh, corruption and, uh, you know, well, where we, we think. To. Our, ju our justice system is I so agree. broken that if we don't, if it we, is. it's not even worth having. I mean, every single one so of these judges bad. in Washington, D.C., who's been involved in, in uh, you know, allowing sentencing of 20 years for trespassing. Uh, you know, for That's the January, right. January 6th, they all they all should be impeached and they all should be tried for deprivation of rights under color of law. That's right. That we have to bring the in. Otherwise, our yeah. justice system is not it's worse than not having one. And it's better no, to and, have and this, community, you know, thugs running yeah. stuff that care about the community. Even That's if right. they're thugs, the mob used to do a better job. I agree. And in fact, this is the way I look at it now. Um, what, what's so dangerous about what's going on is that if we don't change things, do you think the next time that there's a January 6th type event, people are going to come unarmed? Why would they? You know, so if, if we have another one of these types of events, keg. it's going to be a very different situation because you had people that showed up unarmed. Remember, not one of them had a had not a single person who gosh. showed up there was armed. Not one. They didn't find a single person you know, with a weapon. And the fact is, is that uh, the the Capitol Police fired on them with rubber bullets, with flashbang grenades, with CS gas. Do you think that, uh, you know, the American people who, who uh, you know, if they see another stolen election, do you think that they're going to accept that? I don't know. I, don't I feel so. like we're on the edge of either a powder keg where there could be some kind of revolution because nobody feels that there's any recourse. They can't do anything. They're not listened to. That's what I'm It doesn't about. matter. There's nothing. That's and they're what I'm being oppressed. Or we become... And I guarantee you the FBI is probably already, they probably already are getting their uh, confidential informants in place to, you know, to basically create a false flag around that. I, I bet you they are. Yeah. But, or we're at the, and this is what they're trying to make happen. We're, we're essentially our own version of the Soviet Union right now. Yeah. And that it just gets worse and we become really clamped down. It's one, and the P, and people are afraid because the only thing stopping that right now. Yeah. The only thing stopping that right now is our Second Amendment. As you can see, you know, I'm a avid Second Amendment uh, yep, fan. Yep. And, and the reason that that Second Amendment was put there was to be a, a stopgap. You know, it is a threat. It is a, absolutely a threat to a tyrannical government that the people are armed and the people can defend themselves. But the people got to come together to do that sort of thing. And the problem is, and this is why the the surveillance state that we live under now is so dangerous. Do you think that anybody could ever organize something like that? Heck no. I, that they they will stop it in some way. The false flag stuff. They'll do whatever they can. January six should they, be a huge won't. warning bell to. That, all, that's all why sorts. we. The have rest to, of the world knows what's going yep. on. They that's know why we going. have to utilize the courts right now. We have. We still have. We have the. There are two things that we have at, at, at our advantage. We still can vote. Granted, the voting is still you know stolen in many states, but not all. And we, but we've got to, people have got to get engaged. I mean, I can't tell you how many people still don't vote and how many people don't vote in the primary. The primary is everything here in West Virginia. And yet still so many people don't show up to vote. When is the right primary? Now, our, our primary is May 14th. And right now, 85% of those who vote in the primary are over age 55. That means that all the people who are working who are likely going to be affected by high taxes and in a lot of these rules 
the people who have kids in school, the people who are dealing with parental rights issues, all of those people are not voting in the primary. And they're the ones that are most impacted by who gets selected, you know, for, uh, you know, to, to be their representative. That's right. And so you, and I say selected are... because unfortunately that is the way it is. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, even the, you know, we say election, but really it's a selection by a few compared to the masses. I mean, we've got 700,000 people in my district that are a voting, uh, that are voting age and, and eligibility. And yet only about 50,000 people vote. Wow. Yeah. So they're selecting it for you. So if you don't get out, you're not part of the process. Although a lot of people are pretty disillusioned and they feel their vote doesn't matter. Nothing they do matters because no one's listening to them. And and in fact, they're trying to hurt them. It may or may not trying to hurt me and my family. But but we still have, at least in certain states, we still have an impact on down ballot races. I mean, like, look at what's going on in the school board. Look at look at your school board race. Look at your county row officers. Look at your you know, your uh, prosecutors, you know, I mean, that's George Soros took advantage of the fact that most Americans have no idea who the prosecutors. And he said, you know what, I may not be able to swing elections, but I can swing, you know, prosecutors. And so he put in, uh, he funded the the campaigns of a whole bunch of, you know, corrupt politicians uh, or corrupt uh, prosecutors all over the, the country. And because people weren't paying attention, you know, we all have this thing called the FEC, you can go and see who has donated money to a campaign person. Even if you don't know anything about them, go look at where their money comes from. Go to the state secretary's uh, uh, page. Look at where their campaign money is coming from. That will tell you a lot about who they are. You know, all of my money is coming from individual donors, not a single pack or, or organization or corporate uh, donation made to my campaign. So where, where can they support you? Because you do need some donations, right? I do. You're not be able doubt. to f- self-fund. So where can they learn more about you and donate to your co- your campaign? So they can go to my website at natecaneforwv.com. That's N-A-T-E-C-A-I-N, the number four, wv.com. And there is a link in the upper right-hand corner of the uh, page. And they can see, you know, up there it says donor or donate here. Uh, it will take them to Anadot where they can donate to my campaign. And if some people don't like doing it online, but there's instructions also, if people want to mail in a check, they can do it that way too. Well, and as long as you're an American you. citizen, yep. you can donate to my campaign. doesn't matter what state you live in. And the fact is, is that a lot of donors have donated to me from California, from New York, uh, from Florida, from Texas. So those are you know some of the largest uh, uh, states that have, uh, you know, donated, you know, because you're running for, you're running for Congress. So it's That's right. So you you while you represent the local area, you still represent everybody. Right. The reality is is that every member of Congress represents the Constitution. That's the oath they take, and so it's important that we have good people that are getting elected all over the place because you know I'm one out of 435. So if somebody you know lives in a place, you know, and they're conservative, and let's say you live in San Francisco, and you know you don't have a chance in hell at, uh, you know, having a representative that is going to, you know, uh, you know, believe in or support your values, then support people who who do support people who are running in other places where they do have a chance. And I do have a chance, even though I'm running up against a political machine here. The fact is, I'm willing to get out there, work hard, shake hands, propose legislation, start doing things now to help people. 
And that does make a difference. And I do have a very large growing group of people, you know, who are uh, backing me. And that is, you know, uh, it's, it's a very grassroots campaign. That's really excellent. So now how can people join your effort? Because I know there's probably people in West Virginia that would like to be part of yes. a grassroots effort. They can join that too, right? They can, you they need can, uh, a lot of people to help. Yeah. So my, my comms director's number is on my website. They can reach out to her uh, if they want to volunteer or if they want to, you know, get involved with the campaign. Uh, that's a good way to start. Um, they can also reach out to me on social media. Uh, I'm on all social media as uh, Nate Kane for WV. And um, there's a, a, if a, if you can't, if you don't have the ability to send me a private message, uh, you know, then just write something, say, hey, would you reach out to me and, you know, and tag me in your, in your, um, you know, Twitter or True Social and I will reach out. I check it every day and I'm constantly connecting with people through, um, through social media. That's a great way to get a hold of me. Thank you so much, Nate. I could talk to you all day. I, I just hope that you just keep in the perseverance and people need to realize that they need to support candidates that are willing to put you first. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I'm going to keep doing what I know is right. And I'm going to leave the rest of it to God and trust that, you know, that he's got a plan in all this. I believe he called me to run. And so that's what I'm doing. But uh, I am willing to get out there and work hard for the people. And I hope that people will see that. And then really what's going to boil down to is people, you know, being able to see um, you know, videos like this and, and, uh, you know, see me on social media and, and hopefully I can, you know, eventually break out and, and get into some of the, you know, some of the newspapers here, because we have a lot of people that vote in primaries that are older and don't have internet, you know, and don't use social media. And that is, uh, that is a challenge. So it's a very large, um, geographical area I've got to cover because we have a, a lower population. And so it's five hours to the furthest point of my district. So if I go somewhere at night and, uh, you know, I've got a speaking event, then uh, I can't make it back, you know, at three in the morning, I've got to get up at six and start work. So, you know, we have to stay at a hotel and it gets expensive. So, you know, and sometimes we do, we do find, uh, you know, cases where we can stay at somebody's home and, uh, and that works, you know, I'm not, not, uh, too proud to sleep on somebody's couch if I have to, but you know, it is, um, it's a rough, it's a rough fall. I will, I will tell you, it has been a lot of hard work, but, but it's also rewarding when I get out there and I meet people. And I've had a number of people that have, you know, have, um, you know, told me that they've been praying for somebody like me, you know, to step up. And that puts that, you know, that burden, you know, is on my shoulders and I know it and I wear it and I carry it and I believe in it. And I pray, you know, and ask that God helps me to be able to honor, you know, the people that I want to serve. And so thank you for having me on and, and for taking the time to, you know, let me share some of my ideas and thoughts. Thank you so much, Nate.